0: Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today, I'm interviewing Katie Goodman. Katie is an award-winning musical comic, an actress, author, speaker, and social activist. She is the creator and headliner of Broad Comedy, which is an internationally touring satirical show and she has a very edgy blend of politics, feminism, and music that makes her one of the most exciting comedians working today. And I, I would have to say that she is the first feminist comedian that we've had on this podcast. So thank you very much, oh, Katie, for being part of this.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me.
0: So how did you get started being a comedian. I saw something about you going to University of Pennsylvania and having a good fallback plan in case the comedian thing didn't
1: work out. <laughs> well I was a philosophy major, so it was not a very good fallback plan. But a funny fallback plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two useless tracks. Um how did I get started? You know, I actually ran um a theater company with my husband Soren for fifteen years. So I was an actress really for the first big chunk. And then it's only been about eight years that I've moved into comedy. And some of it just came about because that was the part where we, when we started doing my solo show of songs um, and, and we, we mixed it into the middle of a show called Broad Comedy, which is a touring show that we do with a troupe of five women. When, when I started doing all those um, solo songs during that show, they became sort of one of the more popular parts of the show. And I turned it into a one woman show. And it's a little bit like, you know, there's a great book called, I think, The Drunkard's Walk, which is, you know, you kind of are meandering through seeing what works, but also seeing what's a fit for you. So it's sort of a mix of the two, like this is what people are resonating with. And at the same time, it's what I'm really loving. And it just made sense to kind of switch over and do that more. I haven't actually been in a play in years and years. Well, it's it's
0: really awesome, and I am going to be in New York coming soon, and would love to come and see it. Oh, great! (laughs) Um, I've heard about it, which is how we are connected here today. But just absolutely uh, wonderful. So, so when you you have your own solo
1: show. It it's off Broadway, is that correct? There's um I well it's literally next to Broadway, but there's uh, I tour I, I tour around to a lot of different venues. On January eighteenth, I'm doing a show at Feinstein's fifty four below, which is a super swanky place, and I performed at Joe's Pub and the Triad Theater, and I perform at a lot of Planned Parenthood fundraisers, and then I tour around the country and actually internationally as well. So I'm never really in the same place for more than a night or two. I see. Well, as, as I
0: said before, you know, you're the first sort of comedian, feminist comedian we've had on. Well, what do you think is the deal with the word feminist? <laughs> it's kind of like this negative word. Yeah. I think it, it is what it is, but why is it so? Yeah. You know, so,
1: uh, so I wrote a song about that <laughs> because that's <laughs> what we do and we have something that is frustrating. Uh, and it's actually kind of a it exactly answers your question it's called sorry babe but you are a feminist it's on youtube you can check it out there um it went crazy viral on facebook because it is a little bit contentious which is ridiculous to me um but it started talking about how there was a lot of actresses who didn't want to call themselves feminists and part of it you know part of it is that younger women have grown up with a feminist world much more than my generation or my mother's generation did and so they take it for granted, which is absolutely wonderful. We want them to take it for granted, right? That's where we want to be. But it causes a little bit of problems when they kind of say either I'm a humanist. I mean, we're all, we get that argument. We're all humanists, but it's sort of denying that there's still any problem. It's like saying black, you know, all lives matter as opposed to black lives matter. It's not really understanding that the reason we're saying it in the first place is that there has been such a problem for such a long time. And I think there's a little bit of fear that you'll sound like a quote unquote feminazi or something that has, you know, there's been a long history of negative connotations with the word, but you know, that's our job to kind of take back the word. I think it's a fun word actually myself. (laughs) I think it's a great word. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, it's one of those things where
0: it's become um, it's become negative. Just like exactly like you say, black lives matter has become something we'll, you know, well, really all lives matter, but right. you're not understanding the purpose of and, why
1: that's there. And, and I also think that it's, that it's myopic too. I mean, in terms of, you know, look, you know, the feminista movement and uh, whatever you want to call it in other countries where women are actually being, you know, uh, there's wife burning and they're being stoned and they can't go to school. I mean, if they use the feminist word and they want to use it, then I'm going to use it just for that reason alone, you know? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) They get to decide. (laughs) And, you know, you talked about a lot of us were raised maybe by a feminist, but you really were raised. Talk about your mother.
1: (laughs) She's great. Um, My mother is Ellen Goodman, and she's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, feminist columnist. She wrote about um, women's issues, bioethics, family issues, um, all progressive issues, really. And she's just retired and she's doing a great new, she started an organization called the Conversation Project about end of life choices. So she's made a, a really interesting, um, late life switch, which I know is something that you've sort of are interested in how people's career paths kind of move. Yes. But, um, it was great. I, you know, I grew up in a house where, um, it was just me and her for a long time and, uh, having sort of a strong matriarch was a great example, but you know, my mom's funny too, but, On paper, she's really – she's not snarky. Uh, Occasionally, she can be. Um, So I learned what I think is – what I like is sort of that middle ground of not being, like, biting horribly angry, uh, except when it really matters and sort of saving that up. And I think the thing about comedy that I kind of learned a bit from her is that, by definition, it makes people step back and listen. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Where you're – a little more relaxed and you're laughing and you're not so upset, it gives you some perspective. And I think that's hugely important, especially right now. Yeah, I think perspective
0: is one of the most important things and, and listening, but it's listening with perspective,
1: yeah, right? Yeah. And being able to to hear what someone else and, has to say and, and Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> As you're saying what someone else has to say, I just cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny because women, you know, one of the things we're taught and you had a, a guest on Jennifer recently who was talking about speaking up, and that's one of the things that I teach. I do a lot of keynote speeches and I also I do workshops with um, corporations. I was just at the YNCA, YWCA, sorry. And, um, you know, I'll do workshops where we're talking about women excavating their authentic voice. And when you speak up, it's, you'll you'll always feel good about it, even if there are repercussions. (laughs) What you won't feel good is if you don't speak up, you know? Well,
0: that's exactly right. And and after the um, election that just happened, I I felt... A little bit like women were more incentivized, if you will, to start speaking up and to Mm -hmm. stop just being okay with um, letting somebody else do the talking. But
1: here's what's crazy is Kellyanne Conway and and Trump and everybody are threatening journalists uh, saying things like, careful what you say. I'm going to put the editor of The New York Times in jail. I mean, literally have said things like that. There's an amazing piece in The New York Times today interviewing um, Pussy Riot, um, the woman who went to jail in Russia for speaking against. And she's talking about how we all think we have checks and balances here, but that that's how things began for her in Russia. And then all of a sudden she was in jail for two years. I mean, it's really unbelievable what has been just casually bantered about right now. It's it's startling and it's shocking. And, you know, the hashtag not normal uh, needs to just keep going around. I mean, no somebody kidding. like me, it's, you know, this is my entire job is speaking up and, uh, you know, you'll visit me in jail, won't you? <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm going to obviously keep saying what I'm saying. I'm not going to do Katie Goodman on ice, but.
0: <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, what do you think? You know, So you are speaking up and speaking out what do you think other women should women should do? I mean, how, how can we really see change when we were talking from the very beginning about the reason the feminist is such a bad thing is because, you know, some people think that this is already, it's all done. It's not
1: all done. There's a lot of problems that
0: are still out there. What should we do?
1: Right. You know, my son, who's in eighth grade, just said, oh, it doesn't matter if you go to a march and if you write letters and call your senators and stuff like that. And I've spent literally the last two weeks doing all those things in front of him. So he would see that it did matter. And then I would show him things like I'll get a, an email back, you know, saying that, you know, 26,000 people wrote to this Senator and she decided to take it to the floor kind of a thing, you know, and it's like, that stuff really does matter. I, I'm a little wary of the endless petitions because I feel like emails and petitions and do them, they're great. But I think making calls is really important. I've put on my phone, all of my senators and representatives phone numbers. So they're literally like right on my cell phone. And I've made just a commitment to calling once a week about something or other. <laughs> and I go great to marches idea. and I write and I think comedy again, you know, I mean, look at John Oliver, obviously, the Daily Show and Samantha B. my God, she's amazing. <laughs> you know, they're having a big impact. And I, I do think So I'm starting to think, Mary Beth, one of the things that I do want to work on this winter, because as you have probably felt, we're all just kind of regrouping for the last few weeks and Thanksgiving, and we're like hunkering down with our families for the holidays. But now it's sort of time for me to go, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to just keep doing what I'm doing or try things a little bit differently? And one of the things I want to do is coalition building. Um, And I'm throwing that word around a little bit casually since I that's not something I've really done. <laughs> so I'm you know, guilty of preaching the choir most of my career. And the choir really needs inspiration. And I really do believe in it. But I also know that there's so many conservatives out there who are just appalled also. So I want to figure out, and I don't know how yet, but um, I'm just inviting other people to tweet at me. Great ideas. Um, <laughs> um, I want to figure out how to get the same people all on the same page, even if we don't agree on every single bit of policy. Yeah, that, that's exactly right.
0: And I think it's easier to sit back and go, oh, everything's fine, or someone else will do it, or my vote doesn't matter, or calling my senator doesn't matter. Right. But I think we just have to to develop our own list of stuff we're going to do. Like you said, every yeah. single week, you're going to call one of your congressmen or senators and say something. And yeah. I think that's what we have. We we have to figure out a way to make it a regular part of our lives to speak up and speak out, even
1: if it's something small like that, which is really actually big when you add it all up. And I think you have to know what your, not limits isn't the right word, but what's going to inspire you to keep going, for example. So for me, I have to take news breaks for a few days every now and then, or I just get so burnt out. I don't want to do anything. And I know that. I've known that my whole life. It's funny because I'm from a newspaper family, but I'm just so sensitive to some things I can't. And I know how to pace myself now. At 48 years old, I finally learned. But one thing I do know, for example, I was on just an awful radio show um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know what I was thinking. It was the day after the election. I just sort of said yes to whatever uh, came my way. And it was an incredibly conservative bunch of just, I won't swear on your show, but dudes that were not nice. And um, they all they said, I mean, I had literally had two hours of sleep. I had gotten on a plane the next morning at three in the morning. And I was, you know, crying through the whole night, basically. And I got on the show and they said, how are you doing? I was like, well, it's not been the best week. That's all I said. And they just laid into me how stupid I was to be Hillary supportive on and on and on and on and wouldn't let me speak. And then they made assumptions, hilarious assumptions too, like, oh, you're probably some 26 year old <laughs> standing in front of a brick wall in some lame comedy club. And I was like, I didn't get to say a word, but you know, I'm like, uh, dude, I'm 48 and I just sold a a 900 seat theater last week. I mean, it was just so incredibly insulting. And like, that was their whole goal was just to shame and humiliate. Now, halfway through the guy said, do you need a plug for this show you're doing tonight so badly that you wouldn't even hang up? And I was like, actually, no, I don't. But I literally never been on a show like that. And I've never hung up i've never it's never occurred to me, so it didn't even occur to me then, and part of my mind's going, oh my publicist, is I don't want to wreck their contact with these guys, you know, right. and anyway, after just like ten minutes of just like serious verbal assault, I mean, I've never experienced anything like it i and I couldn't even like retell the story without getting upset for like a week. I um started to just say something and they hung up on me I mean, it was so unbelievable, yeah. I've just never experienced anything like it, and it was so so anti woman like I'm sure they do it to guys too that they don't agree with, but the way they went about doing all of it um and shaming and stuff like that was it was really startling. So I say this horrible story mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell people that what I learned from that is A, like hang up, <laughs> but B, <laughs> um, you don't have to put yourself in those kinds of positions. Like know your I mean I was really upset and that's not something I'd be like hey I want to go on Fox News next week and try to fight you know with facts that's not something I'm great at anyway you know I fight with comedy but I don't like I'm not a, I'm not a politician or you know what I mean so right. I kind of know what I can and can't do and I did get an offer to be on two different Fox News shows and I just said no that, that I wasn't going to be helping the cause and it would just be so upsetting and stressful and so right. I I think it's really important you say, speak up like you have to know where and when, where it'll make a difference and when it's worth it and to, and to take care of yourself too, you know, cause this is like, we're in this for the long haul, <laughs> but there are those moments where you're like, I'm just going to do it. And that's great too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, well, I, I, I do think that if
0: we, I mean, at some point we do have to stand in those areas that are terrible, in in be able to do that. Yeah. Um. But every but that radio show, yes, hanging up. No, there was been, no winning.
1: I think is what my point is exactly, there because they exactly. literally made. They went on to say all these other things that were like completely incorrect, and you can hear me trying to say something in the background, like, "Oh, uh, no, that's not true," but it's useless. Whereas if I, for me, this isn't a choice necessarily for somebody else. If I went to like a Black Lives Matter. Protest or a women's march or you know the Dakota Peabody or something where I put I'd be in a little bit of like I've been in sort of places where there was you know pepper spraying and things like that and if I ha- luckily have not had that happen but if I were if I wanted to put myself in a place where I get arrested and it would, maybe it was a little bit more dangerous I'd rather do that than go on yes. these shows frankly and and that I would or feel no right or it's yeah no it's worth it I'd feel good about it I don't know how to explain it but that's the kind of speaking up that I would rather do. Uh, cause I, I feel like it, it would work better just for me. So anyway, the point is yeah. there's so many details, but their point is that people get to pick what they want to do and to not feel bad about the things that you're not doing, but just to try to focus on where you can make a difference. That's right for you.
0: Exactly. And I, I don't know where this started or why it's okay for the bullying and the shaming, to be, to be mainstream now. I mean, I just, I don't understand how that is a, is a thing. And I think at the very least you telling this story now and, you know, getting some of this stuff out, it's just like, we, we, we can't allow it. We can't allow it to happen to our sisters and we can't allow it to happen at all. It's just not right not for this country, not for any country.
1: And I wonder, I wonder too. I mean, I think so. I mean, everybody talks, has talked about this. This isn't new, but the anonymity, of social media makes it so much easier. There was an amazing piece on This American Life where um, a woman interviewed her troll, the guy who trolled her. She found him and she's like, can I interview you? And he felt horrible. I mean, he was great to come on and explain why it happened. But He was like kind of a nice dude. And she was like, can you explain to me? He was like, well, I didn't, it didn't seem like you're a real person. And I was mad at what you were saying, but I didn't, I mean, it just sort of almost chokes me up talking about this, but like, it was the most beautiful Piece because, but a first of all, it showed what how the format of social media encourages that, right? That's but then it also showed how you can kind of overcome it, which was really, I mean, it was really lovely. It's worth looking up. It's actually heartwarming
0: to find that somebody, you know, yeah. I, I didn't really think of you as a real person. Why well, I'm a real person, and all of a
1: sudden it changes everything, right? Yeah. And I, you know, the other thought I had, to Marybeth was the um. I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm just facing her now. I'm so tired right now. Um, the woman <laughs> from Ghostbusters, the actress who dropped her Twitter feed, she canceled it. Oh um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, um, and she I can't think of anybody's name right now. But anyway, she. Um, I mean, obviously, she got all these horrible, horrible threats, and it was just disgusting. But it's the woman from the, the pro- uh, Sarah White, too. Thank you. Yeah. The problem is that she um, then doesn't have a voice, right? I mean, it's not. I'm not saying what she did was a problem. I'm saying what the whole situation forced her into is now she doesn't have as much of a voice. I don't know if she actually rebooted it, but at any rate, that kind of thing just makes me so sad that that happens. And I don't blame her one bit. I mean, we get horrible, horrible comments on YouTube and less on Twitter, but um, mostly on our YouTube videos. And, you know, occasionally I take them down if they're just, um, especially if they're insulting one of the actresses in my show, I take them down. I can right. handle it, but I don't want them to have to. And then, but there's women who are getting like actual, here's your address. I'm going to come kill you kind of tweets. Like, okay. You know, so well, that's, uh, there's responsibility for Twitter. Well, and that's why I think you, you
0: have such a unique position because it's a very sad situation. Um, and we could cry about it, but you are adding comedy to it and letting people hear it in a different way. And so, I think that's the most wonderful part about what you're doing is you're taking (laughs) something that's serious and making it into something that people can kind of laugh at and get and understand. Talk about how people can reach you, how they can reach you on Twitter, how they can come to one of your shows, more information.
1: Sure. Pretty much the easiest place to go is just katiegoodman.com and it's K-A-T-I-E goodman.com and everything's there. So if you forget, (laughs) that's the easiest (laughs) place and it'll (laughs) sign you up for like an e-blast and we only do it a little bit Every now and then we won't bombard people when we've got like a new video coming out or something. Um, But I'm at Twitter, uh, just at Katie Goodman, and Instagram is the Katie Goodman, and Facebook is Katie Goodman Comedian, Uh and that's it. (laughs) And I'm going to be performing in New York at Feinstein's 54 Below on January 18th, and then I'll be just touring around the country. And I'm also, um, I have a book called Improvisation for the Spirit. And it's using the tools of improv comedy in everyday life. It's a fun, self-help, funny book that's on Amazon. It's also on my website. And I am teaching workshops all around the country, both corporate and then also women's fun, self-helpy retreats that are improv workshops. But really, they're mostly like a sneaky way to get at all the sort of authentic voice and introspection stuff. (laughs) And it's not for actors. It's just for, for people. My next one's at Chico Hot Springs in Montana on January 21st and 22nd. That's all on my website. Wow. Well, katiegubman.com.
0: Thank you very much, Katie, (laughs) for being on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you telling your stories and I appreciate you you having a way of looking at this that's a little funnier than um,
1: what we could look at it. Well, you're so (laughs) interesting and thoughtful too. So it was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar.